Representative Sheila Jackson Lee got just trounced as she ran for mayor of Houston, Texas. She found herself in a difficult race with a state senator by the name of John Whitmire. He's also a Democrat. Hillary Clinton was down there campaigning for Representative Nancy Pelosi. Uh, the election denier Hakeem Jeffries, leader of Republicans in the House, or sorry, Democrats in the House, uh, all of the big heavy hitters down there doing what they could to get her, maybe because they thought, well, good, then we, we'll be rid of her, at least in Congress. Uh, if we could just get her elected mayor of Houston, Texas, then we won't have to deal with her on Capitol Hill any longer. However, she lost by like over 30 points. I mean, she just really uh, got trounced out. It was a month or two ago there was audio released that validated stories that have been around uh, for some time regarding Sheila Jackson Lee and just what a horrible person she is, how she treats people like trash. Uh, she treats staff horribly, and there was audio that leaked out in which she was just ripping them up and down unnecessarily. So I, uh, sometimes you get heated, and sometimes you have to deal with frustration. But she's one that's just been known to be a, a great crafter of toxic work environments, and so some of the <laughs> some of the uh, social media postings after her tremendous loss, were of sympathy, offering up sympathies and prayers and thoughts to her staffers, given how poorly she treats them anyhow, and then to have this sort of loss, they felt that here uh, they definitely are going to be on the receiving end of her wrath. Um, now, there were questions as to whether this she would be able to still, because of the timing of it, um, submit to run for her congressional seat for re-election, uh, and stay in Congress or if it is something she plans on retiring. So she got um, beat. It was by 30-some points, so it, it was pretty significant uh, there. Also, there has been an update from Deadspin, the fake news story in which they sought out to destroy that 8-year-old Native American boy at the Chiefs game a couple weeks ago, falsely claiming that he was wearing blackface, they first tried to falsely accuse him of that, and he wasn't wearing blackface. He had the colors of, you know, the the red and black uh, half and half on his face. And when that didn't pan out for them, they tried to nail him for appropriating Native American culture, not realizing that his grandfather sits on the board of a tribe uh, in some capacity. So he's Native American, and finally, they apparently have added a editor's note regarding this story somewhat two weeks later. Uh, on November 27th, Dead Spin published an opinion piece criticizing the NFL for allowing a young fan to attend the Kansas City Chiefs game against the Las Vegas Raiders on November 26th wearing a traditional Native American headdress and based upon the available photo, what appeared to be black face paint. Now, this is in and of itself misleading because I, I suppose the the photo quote that was available at that time was a 
snapshot of because it was footage this aired on television i remember when it happened because i thought oh boy some insane lefty is going to try to make something out of this and of course it turned out to be true and the the camera of course first showed his profile of which that side of the face was painted black with the grease paint and then he turns and then you see that he's fully red face and black in order to have the colors of the chiefs so it was very, very clear. This was not blackface. And when they write that based on the available photo, they may be talking about a photo snapshot in which only half the individual's face was shown, but it wasn't the only one available. Deadspin goes on to note, unfortunately, the article drew attention to the fan. Well, yeah, because that's what you did. They claim, though, our intended focus was on the NFL and its checkered history on race, an issue which our writer has covered extensively for Deadspin. Three years ago, the Chiefs banned face fans rather from wearing headdresses in Arrowhead Stadium as well as face painting that, quote, appropriates Indian or American Indian cultures and tradition. The story's intended focus was the NFL and its failure to extend those rules to the entire league. We regret any suggestion that we were attacking the fan. Oh, yes. Notice they regret any suggestion. So they regret what they are saying is somebody else's sin here. That anyone who was suggesting that they were actually targeting this boy, they apologize for you. They do say to that end, our story was updated on December 7th to remove any photos, tweets, links, or otherwise identifying information about the fan. We have also revised the headline to better reflect the substance of the story. In addition, the editor replaced the deceptive cover photo showing only one side of the kid's face, the side painted black, with a photo of NFL commissioner Roger Goodell. It is largely believed that this is CYA because of a potential lawsuit. Springfield's Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. Time for the latest news update. Good morning, everyone. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. A jury trial will be held today for a Camden County woman accused of child abuse. Amanda Turbrock was charged after police were called because a child in her care had burns that were not being treated. Turbrock told police the burns were from the child tripping and falling into a wood-burning stove. The child was taken to the hospital, and it was found that the burn was becoming infected and did not have use of their hand. The jury trial is expected to finish by Friday. And a five-day jury trial will begin today for a Camden County man charged with sex crimes against a child. Trayvon Isaacs is accused of soliciting pictures from an underage girl on social media and committing statutory rape. Investigators say Isaacs admitted to the act knowing the girl was underage. From Color 10 Studios, I'm Angela Luna. The first alert forecast sponsored by Wolf Pack Cleaners, your residential and commercial cleaning professionals. From Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny, a high near th- uh, 53 today. Uh, clear tonight, low of around 32. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 55. <laughs> Hey, look, 
looking, Sarah Myers. Hey, look, that's me. Now, if your New Year's resolution is to purchase a new car, the best place to start is Avis, the car rental company, and their long-term rental program. Now, this is great if you're looking to purchase a new vehicle, but you want to do a longer test drive than what's offered at the dealership. This allows you to, you know, put the car seats in, go and get groceries, haul the family around, and really get a feel for the vehicle before you actually make a commitment. And one of the best parts about the long-term rental program is if you get into a vehicle that's not working out for you or you want to try something else, you can swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. And Avis just rolled out several of their 2024 models. So if you want to check out their inventory or if you have any questions, swing by the Avis store off of Fort and Sunshine here in Springfield and speak to Lauren. And of course, you can always find the contact information for Avis under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. We are on Facebook Live, 1041 Nick Reed. That is sponsored by Springfield Wraps, also at ksgf.com. We have a listing of all things Christmas. It's one of these little databases, if you will, if you are at any given time thinking it's time to get into the festive spirits. What is there to do? When are the parades? Where are the parades? Well, if you go to ksgf.com, Crown Power and Equipment sponsoring the All Things Christmas page there, so you can get a listing of such festivities. There's a story um, regarding Giuliani. CAP jury trial will decide how much Giuliani must pay election workers over false election fraud claims. A trial set to get underway in Washington today will determine how much Rudy Giuliani will have to pay two Georgia election workers who he falsely accused of fraud while pushing Donald Trump's baseless claims after he lost the 2020 election. It's the AP, so hence the editorializing there. The former New York City mayor has already been found liable in the defamation lawsuit brought by Ruby Freeman and her daughter. Wadrea Shea Moss, who endured threats and harassment after they became the target of a conspiracy theory spread by Trump and his allies. The only issue to be determined at the trial, which will begin with jury selection in Washington's federal court, is the amount of damages, if any, Giuliani must pay. Now, who pays the damages to Donald Trump for falsely accusing him of colluding with Russia? Who pays those damages? Who pays the damages to the American people for all the time and resources that were used with the January 6th committee falsely editing or editing uh, uh, emails, editing text messages, editing video to create a false narrative? You know, at one point, Adam Schiff released a completely made-up conversation between Trump and Zelensky. The transcript, it was a fake transcript to make it look like Donald Trump was pressuring Zelensky to do his political bidding. And when he got caught, he said it was just a joke. A joke? You're on national television claiming that there is evidence that eventually all of America will see that will prove that the Russians were colluding with Donald Trump in order to steal the election. And you jokingly, in the context of impeaching Trump for using pressure to get Zelensky to do his political bidding, you put out a joke transcript between the two. 
You know, it's amazing that they go to the level of voting to oust George Santos, but here you have somebody like Schiff that was out on almost a daily basis falsely claiming that there was undeniable proof that Donald Trump had colluded with the Russians when he knew that there wasn't, and that guy is allowed to stay in the House lying to the American people about the President of the United States falsely trying to undermine the integrity and the view of the integrity of our elections by claiming that Trump should not have legitimately become president. And that guy still walks the halls of Congress. So while the trial of Rudy Giuliani gets underway, today, for the sole process of or purpose of deciding what damages he has to pay to two people that he has been accused and found guilty of spreading false information about, I ask who pays Trump? Who pays the American people for falsely accusing all of or falsely um, accusing Trump of colluding with the Russians? (laughs) I can see your hand over there. You I just see this little hand sliding. I'm like, what are you? T- I was trying to not interrupt. I'm sorry. Clearly, I did. God, <laughs> she. I for I'm, I'm getting ready to trans over a transition over here to to Congressman Burleson, and I just see this little hand sliding underneath a monitor and slowly pulling away papers. It was pretty. Well, you could help me. Oh no, it's much funnier this way. Congressman Burleson, thank you for joining us. How do you do? Hey, good morning. I didn't mean to cause such commotion. <laughs> no, no, it, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't you. It wasn't you. Fear not. Um, uh, all right. A couple of different things I do want to talk about. One, and I know we touched on this last week, but uh, I think people do, understandably so, get confused between the difference of impeachment and impeachment inquiry. In fact, Mitt Romney on Meet the Press said he just doesn't see any evidence whatsoever that even um, uh, suggests that there should be an inquiry. So if you would explain impeachment inquiry and what that means. So the, the and I'm, I'm, this is a good question. Um, and I was I watched the Mitt Romney interview and was frustrated because um I, I think there are enough facts on the table alone to impeach. And I think because impeachment is like, an, is like in the jury mind, it's like, a, it's like an indictment. Mm-hmm. And so there's enough evidence. And then the Senate can do their, their job and follow through on the facts and investigate. And, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's a political decision. It's not a criminal court. It's a political court. But I think uh, the, there's the distinction that what you asked is, is there a difference between impeachment and impeachment inquiry? And absolutely. Impeachment inquiry is just a for, the formal investigation into impeachment charges. So we, because we're, we have not had a vote, we've been conducting impeachment inquiry, but we haven't had an official vote to conduct impeachment inquiry. So, if we get if we get that vote in place, then we're, it'll give us the leverage to be able to get the documents that we continue to subpoena and get blocked. 
and get the witnesses that we continue to subpoena and get blocked. So they, they can no longer turn us down. Can Hunter Biden, now that he is facing in some capacity potential or he is facing criminal charges regarding much of this, is it going to allow him to not provide uh, information as he would have been able to or required to do if he weren't indicted criminally? So I think without the impeachment inquiry, without that vote, Hunter is probably going to fall under the Fifth Amendment or he's going to say that he's under that anything that we ask him, he's going to say he's under mm-hmm. investigation by, by the FBI, by the Department of Justice, and he cannot comment on anything that he's under investigation for, which I think is a convenient, right. a convenient out to them. And I, I would hope that our justice system is not, is not manipulating this process, just try to stop the facts from getting out. But I think that if we do pass impeachment inquiry, and I'll have to I'll have to talk with some of the legal minds in the building, but the hope is that if we pass if we pass impeachment inquiry, then he he really doesn't have a a reason to not he he no longer has a, a way to get out of providing that that testimony and that information. Somebody had texted in um, asking if there was an official impeachment inquiry before the impeachment of Trump. Yeah, I mean, there had been a vote. I'll have, I, I'm pretty sure it came under suspension. Um, I'll have to look back, but I, I, I believe that there was an impeachment inquiry vote. Is, is there on at least on the first one? Right. I is, don't know about the second one. Is there a level of confidence that the votes will be there, or are we in sort of a iffy area on that yeah i think the reason why we're we have waited three weeks to do it because johnson wanted to do it three weeks ago Mm. and they've been whipping people and i think the reason why it's taken three weeks is because we have such a narrow majority right now it's three seat it's about to become two seat um and with that you've got to check with every single person and and I think that there were some people that were holding out, but a lot of those names that were holding out, and I would call them the Mitt Romney type mm-hmm. people, they they have a lot of them have publicly come out in favor of impeachment inquiry, and the reason is because they sorry for the airport no, announcement. <laughs> so and the reason is that they. Because they see firsthand that we're getting blocked mm. from getting the documents that would prove that he he did an impeachable act, and there and if you're getting blocked from the documents that are proving it, it, it you really can't justify voting against mm. the impeachment inquiry. So we, I I know that it's said that it may occur this week. Is that still the plan? That's still the plan. Yeah. And I, I hope that we get that's the one good thing that I think will happen this week. The rest of it, not so much. <laughs> there, OK, so um, what are what are the other things this week that aren't so much? You know, we've been working for years on 
kind of fixed to the FISA court yeah. system. Um, and the Intel community is rearing its ugly head and they are blocking um, the changes that are coming out of the Judiciary Committee and the changes that are coming out are bipartisan changes because it turns out Democrats don't like being spied on as much as Republicans. But <laughs> but the but the Intel community is is I mean I I it's I, I'm surprised at how powerful such a small entity is. But they have they have threatened to vote against the rule on the judiciary bill if it comes to the floor and the Intel committee has come up with their own version of a FISA reauthorization and they want to submit it to the, to the floor. And it basically, it, it is a watered down or neutered version of the judiciary bill. Um, it, they, they don't allow like the judiciary bill requires warrants um, whenever you're going to search Said, you know, U.S. citizens, the judiciary bill does not. And so there's some teeth in basically the teeth are removed out of the out of the Intel committee's bill. And that's the bill that they are demanding be the bill. It was the floor. And the, I think the conference had the Intel committee not been so aggressive, the conference would have been would have likely gone with the judiciary committee's version because it's Jim Jordan. It's um, I mean, a lot of the legal minds in the building who are on judiciary are the ones that crafted this this language, including Speaker Johnson. Before he was Speaker, he was on the Intel on the Judiciary Committee and helped to craft this version of the FISA Riyadh. But because the Intel community community is pushing back so hard. And then what they do, the way they do it, Nick, is they they have us all come into these, you know, top secret briefings where they try to scare the bejesus out of us, right? Like that if you guys don't do this, we're going to get hit with a terrorist attack immediately. And the, the, um, the, I and so I just, I I I think it's political theater. Mm -hmm. I don't buy it, as I said in that one UFO hearing. I don't believe the people in DC. Right. I don't believe them. And so um, I, that's going to be an awful situation this week. Hopefully and the problem is that even if we prevail conservatives and people that care about Liberty prevail, it's going to go to the Senate and then they're going the right. Senate we know is probably going to remove those permissions. So sometimes it, it's certainly kind of a defeatist, right. defeatist feeling. We're done. Um, there's another. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, no, please. I, I would say that the other problem is that they're throwing a clean until we figure out how which version of the fires and reoff passes. They're throwing on a, onto the National Defense Authorization Act a clean version of FISA for three months. So we're going to we're going to continue to have the current situation of FISA for three months on the National Defense Authorization Act. And what's really bad, what's further bad about that act is that they have stripped out all, uh, almost all of the provisions related to cleaning up the military's expenditures on wokeness and 
and critical race theory and diversity, equity, inclusion, and all of this crazy nonsense, and including the abortion travel appropriations. So we, they've, they've stripped all of those provisions out of the NDAA, and then they threw a clean Pfizer riath on it. It's a piece of garbage, and it, it needs to be voted down. We're talking with Congressman Burleson. Back to the impeachment, I've had a number of people uh, text in wondering if, because obviously we talk about in the context of, of the corruption with Hunter, but there are many that wonder if just the absolute failure to enforce our border, for example, or just unilaterally forcing people to uh, pay for other people's student loans, if anything policy-wise is going to be potentially explored in the context of impeachment? I don't know what we can leverage. I, I don't know that we can leverage anything at all under, you know, with impeachment. I think that the fight and the focus of the Biden administration will be focused on defending him. And so there, that might give us a little bit of air room, but in general, they, they're not willing to compromise on anything. I mean, well, we have, I, I think what people, not Bill Clinton. Yeah, I think this is, what this guy's not Bill Clinton. I think so, what people are wondering, though, is if because a lot of people see uh, aside from the the Hunter Biden angle that he should be impeached because he ha, because of what's been done on our border and and the inviting of illegals to come here and all, all that. Those are areas in which some people are feeling that there should be impeachment. Um, certainly, I, I don't know that it fits the level of crimes for impeachment, I, but um, he certainly is willfully violating federal immigration laws. I want to ask. And so is Mayorkas. I, I want to ask you finally. Um, there have been a number of reports that have come out over the past week re, uh, referencing not just Lloyd Austin, but also Biden, that are suggesting that they are saying if. If Congress does not continue the unlimited money flow to Zelensky, then the result of that may be troops on the ground. Uh, how much play is that getting? Are you hearing much on that? I think that I think that that's a threat. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's if the Biden administration did that, it would be it would be over. If they if he sent troops into Ukraine. I think that his political future, I think his opportunity for being reelected president is over. Um, He certainly has the power under the Emergency War Powers Act, which I don't, I'm not a big fan of, but, but I think that he, he could do that. Um, I don't think that Congress would vote I mean, I'm confident that Congress would not vote to send any troops. We're, at this moment, we're we're probably, unless we get a big, big, you know, win when it comes to the border, and I mean a real win when it comes to the border, we're likely, or and more things possibly, we're likely not to vote to send any more money to Ukraine. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder how much of it's a public relations ploy, like the attempt to tie. Uh, funding for Israel to Ukraine and, you know, that apparently not working for them. So maybe get Americans scared that, well, there's an inevitability factor here. We either pay for it or we're in it. Uh, But I don't I don't suspect it's going to do much for them. 
Congressman Burleson, thank you as always. Thank you, Nick. Have a great week. All right, you two. Safe travels. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. First alert forecast sponsored by Sinclair of the Ozarks. Home improvements from Color 10. Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sunny high near 53 today, 32 tonight. Sunny tomorrow, a high near 55. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Megan said having Emily with House Theory Realty represent us was a wonderful experience. She is incredibly professional and thorough, and her communication with us was superb. I'm sure she works with many clients at once, but she had a special way of making my family, making my husband and I feel like we were her top only client. Her advice and support helping us really narrow down our search area and home needs was invaluable. She was polite, available, friendly, very knowledgeable. She always seemed to ask the great questions that I didn't think to ask. This is the real estate agent you want on your side. I look forward to working with Emily again in the future should our home needs change. Said it perfectly. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Talking in the prior segment with Congressman Burleson and the administration um, signaling that if Congress does not continue taxpayer dollars flowing to Zelensky unquestioned, then there may have to be troops on the ground in Europe. Now, I happen to believe that that is being put out there in order to try and put pressure on members of Congress, because polling has consistently showed that that's one that's a line too far for most Americans. That that is not something that Americans would stand for. Now, there had been a majority of Americans during some of the polling that showed that they did support funding of it. That has been diminishing over time, and I suspect it has gotten almost to the point of uh, signaling a lack of support because we don't hear these polls much any longer. And that suggests that the American people are getting tired of paying for that border security while we watch our border security go completely unchecked while being told that it's secure. And so essentially trying to craft an atmosphere in which Americans are afraid that they, their moms, their dads, their sons, their daughters may get shipped over to fight in Ukraine if Republicans in Congress don't start opening the taxpayer money spigot again, that that will put some pressure on members of Congress because they don't want to be accused of creating a scenario in which we have troops on the ground. But I I, I just don't think that that's going to fly. At the same time, this actually was a piece in the Washington Examiner from last week. It was from December 5th. And I had printed it off at the time, uh, did not get to it, but now it seems pretty relevant. The mayor of Kiev issues harsh condemnation of Zelensky as internal tensions grow. Mayor Vitaly Klitschko harshly condemned Ukraine's president, Zelensky, saying that he was turning the country into an authoritarian state no different than Russia. In the latest sign of internal political discord in the embattled country, as Ukraine's long-awaited counteroffensive 
in Zaporizhia was met with disappointing results. Cracks have begun to form in the country's leadership, breaking the image of a unity largely maintained since Russia's invasion last year. The main fracture appears to be between the political and military leadership led by Zelensky and Ukrainian chief of staff, Valery Zolunzi, respectively. In recent interviews, Kiltschko threw his support behind Zelony while denouncing Zelensky in some of the harshest terms seen from a Ukrainian official so far this war. Quote, at some point, we will no longer be any different from Russia, where everything depends on the whim of one man, he said in an interview with Der Spiegel, according to the New York Post. He added, there is currently only one independent institution, but enormous pressure is being exerted on it, local self-government, he added. His praise for local administration over Zelensky's national administration was a theme throughout the interview, giving credit to local administration for the initial victories that Ukraine saw during the war. The mayor went even further in a separate interview with the news site 20 Minutes, claiming that Zelensky was lying to the public about Ukrainian victories. He agreed with Zelensky's more pessimistic assessment that the summer's counteroffensive failed and the war is now in a stalemate at best. Klitschko, the mayor, said, Zalunzi told the truth. Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. Of course, we can euphorically lie to our people and our partners. But you cannot do that forever. Some of our politicians have criticized Zelensky for his clear words wrongly. I stand behind him. People see who's effective and who's not. And there were and still are a lot of expectations Zelensky is paying for mistakes he has made. The mayor claimed that Zelensky's popularity has been declining since its peak at the start of the invasion in February of 2022, and he believes the president will soon lose the presidency. Despite this, he said Ukrainians should still support Zelensky until the end of the war. Quote, the president has an important function today and we have to support him until the end of the war. But at the end of this war, every politician will pay for his successes or failures. Zelensky hasn't yet publicly responded to the criticisms. It's unlikely that he has in private either, as the mayor of Kiev revealed that the two rarely even talk, despite living and working close to one another. The mayor's remarks that Zelensky is isolated paints an even more worrying picture of the Ukrainian leader as he faces some of the most intense pressure domestically and abroad. Now, this story was from the 5th, and I'm not sure whether Zelensky has responded to it since then, but he is back for the third time in Washington, D.C. to meet with, among others, members of Congress. And I thought it doesn't necessarily mean that that interview is something that necessarily has to change one's perspective, but we hear so little about what goes on in Ukraine other than the need for money. And to see that there are criticisms that Zelensky is turning Ukraine into an authoritarian regime no better than Russia is in conflict with what we've all been sold, that this is about Ukraine staying free, that this is about preventing Ukraine from becoming under you know under Russia's influence or leadership some sort of authoritarian regime and you've got the mayor of Kiev out there saying that hey that's exact Zelensky's doing that he is turning us into the place that we do not want to be
Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. experts number one brand nationwide in the garage improvement space there is a psychological component to having things neat and orderly uh you come home and i know i can attest to this uh, there's nothing that in my home that can be well i shouldn't say couldn't be more disruptive but whenever you come home or your wife comes home and it's been a hectic day and then you walk into your house you walk into the garage and it's just physically chaos. It, 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 it is not helpful. And there is, and there have been numerous studies just on you know, dropping of stress levels and so forth and tidiness. That doesn't mean you have to be a psycho about it. But part of what Garage Experts does, in addition to the incredible flooring that is a moisture barrier and hundreds of colors to choose from with the prep process being superior is based on your usage craft storage so that your garage is not messy is not chaotic and everything has its place and when they talk about customized storage it isn't customized based on the amount of wall space you have or floor space but how you use it that's what happened when Shelly came to my garage and asked, you know, what do you use your garage for? What's it like on a daily basis? And that went into crafting my customized storage. Garage experts, perfect, perfect Christmas gift idea. KSGF.com under Nick's endorsements. Unfortunately, there has been another setback for women, for girls, a teenage boy who identifies as a girl, reportedly took first place this past weekend in the under-14 category at the 2023 Southern Region or uh, Oriactus Irish Dancing Competition in Dallas, Texas, ultimately displacing a girl for a spot in the Irish Dancing World Championship. As rules are changed to adhere to radical left-wing gender theory, biological male athletes who identify as female have been able to infiltrate girls in women's spaces and sports. Mary Margaret Olahan said, My daughter was in absolute tears. This is one, this is, uh, one mother of a girl who competed against the male, telling Daily Signal. The reporter was Mary uh, Margaret Olahan. The mother was telling her about this, saying she noted that this is so unfair, and I totally agree. Quote, oh, my gosh, it's going to make me cry. Another parent said, I never thought I was going to have to deal with this, and my heart breaks for my daughter and the other girls who are having to deal with this. They are too young to have to deal with topics that are going on in our society that are adult topics that they just don't comprehend yet. They just look at it as unsafe, the mother added. And it's really hard to explain to them what's going on and why they have to accept it. That this is what society is making them do. As a mom, I want to be an advocate for my daughter, but at the same time, I have to protect my family against backlash. According to the report, the boy previously competed in Boys Irish Dancing and placed 11th in the world. One of the most notable examples of males invading women's sport happened last year when you got Leah Thomas cleaning up at the NCAA division. And of course, we you know, that, that seemed to be the one that, that gathered most of the attention. And then Riley Gaines, of course, coming out of that as an advocate for women. But this is the world. 
that has been created by the left. And look how many decades, when you listen to what the mother says, one of the mothers say about her conversation with her daughter, why it is that they, as girls, have to do what a boy says. She said, quote, it's really hard to explain to them what's going on and why they have to accept it. That's what society is making them do. And this is, make no mistake about it, where the Democrat Party has taken us today. That girls at a very young age are just being told, this is your place. A boy wants to compete against you. He's the one who gets to ultimately make that decision. So you just need to sit down and shut up. This is where we are. And we continue to be told that girls like this, who simply want the right to assemble with only other girls when it comes to sports, that there is something wrong with them. And the mother, you in her quote here, recognizes that she has to she's in a very difficult position here because she understands the backlash that they will get from the left if she stands up for girls if she stands up for her daughter and so she has to decide whether or not to stand up for her own daughter or protect her daughter from being called all sorts of horrific names by left-wing activists in this country those are not decisions that girls should have to make in America in 2023. Springfield's Talk 104.1, I'm Nick Reed. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. The American Transmissions talking text line. Listening in La Fortuna, Costa Rica this morning. Coffee on the patio with a renal volcano in view we are happy. All right. I like to uh, hear that. Much different weather, of course. It's not horrible here. I'm not going to be too jealous, though not Costa Rica. We will be just in a few months on our great escape, and so many of you will be listening to us with the oceans. I, know, I already know where the, the studio is going to well, where we are attempting to set it up uh, when we go to the Dominican Republic. I know many of you are going to be joining us. And the the uh, temporary studio that we will have at the resort is a perfect one. It's just fantastic, backdrop by the ocean. And so uh, I will not envy you who texted in. I will simply look forward to what I know that so many of us will also. And I'm, I'm happy for you. That's fantastic. What a way to listen to the show. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed. Oh. 